Buffalo, we were really excited for football for like three days there. And then week one came along and shut everything down. But it is Tuesday night, which can only mean one thing. Uh, it's the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. This is where we reside every week during the season. And what it allows us to do is it kind of allows us to still have, well, fresh memories of the wounds inflicted of the week before. It's not Wednesday. We're not already, well, we might already be plotting our dynasty future uh, for the upcoming week, but no, it's still, still salt in the wounds. If I'm being honest with you, it, it feels gross. It feels uh, disgusting. What happened? The Monday night stuff. I know we, t- Jacob, obviously this is your host, uh, Tommy T I'm joined by Jacob. No Lucas this week. He had an emergency conference. Uh, shout out TD in the chat as always. But I just normally we're like, oh, you can get your news six ways from Sunday and blah, 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 yeah. blah. Not today. No, today, Aaron, today you get your news from fucking us. <laughs> and fuck it is right because uh, I don't have words to express. This girl what? without being disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember that song? Or is, are you too old? No, you've got to be like, I don't got words to describe this girl without being disrespectful. Oh, yeah. Damn, I girl. That. No? That's right. I do know that. So Correct. I am, as if you just said, no are you old enough? Like, you're just like outright. Sorry, yeah. I thought I meant are you too old was what I meant to say. Okay. Um, I was going to say. Like, I know, first of all, I know that you're not. Like, dirty bit, you're probably like. 14 years old when it came out, but I just wanted to make fun of you for being old. And then uh, I accidentally made fun of you for being young, which you aren't. <laughs> you straight up age gap me live on yeah, air. And straight. I don't know how to feel about that. Um, God, I, it's a fitting year that Billy decided he was going to not be on the, like he, he couldn't make the program. Cause we just watched his like favorite player of the last, well, when he started watching football five years ago, uh, end his career. I mean, he's not coming back from this. Thirty nine Achilles. Um, I won't say certainly not, but I would say probably not. I mean, I, I think it just depends on what he wants to do, right? Like, I think is is he willing to? I mean, he can retire, and there will be no shame in it. He will have he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He won a Super Bowl. Um, had an absolutely incredible career. But, um, you know, I, I could also see if he's just like, I'm not ending my career that way. I, I want to end it on my terms. Um, yeah. I totally get it. It's just like to me, if it was Tom Brady, I would have no doubt in my mind that he would be returning. Right. But Rogers has always been built, I think, a little bit differently. Like the last few years, he's all he's always been contemplating retirement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he has that like. I have to go out with like this legacy, this way energy to him. I, I'm sure he does to some respect. I think you can't be that in the lead of an athlete without it. But yeah. I think he also kind of seems to give off the vibe of like, I'm going to keep playing football as long as I think it's fun. And maybe he doesn't think that the idea of like rushing back to rehab his Achilles as soon as possible for OTAs is his idea of fun. And fair enough. I mean, it's not like he relies on his athleticism, right? To right. do what he does. That offensive line was terrible. Well, that's that was my next question. Like, it seems like it's been ruled out. But 
Cam Akers tears his Achilles what? Mid-August? Yeah. Comes back for the last week of the regular season. Yeah. And had been running prior. I know that he was nowhere near able to be an effective NFL running back. But Rodgers doesn't really need to be able to run to play quarterback. Rodgers is 39. Cam Akers is a brisk 23. Yeah, I guess it's 22. just. Let me tell you, Jacob, uh, you're a young stud, like 25 years old. I'm 35 in a month, and I can tell you that my bones feel like they're going to disintegrate every day yeah. just getting out of bed. It's not fun. I had a list, Frank injury all eight to nine ten weeks i couldn't do anything if i was younger it would probably you know i would have been out there in half the time you just don't i'm not a superhuman athlete but i know that age matters when you have a serious like did you see the video that his calf had the kind of recoil as cardi b on stage at the bet's Okay, the recoil was maximum levels on watching that snap. It hurt me okay. to see. I think I think he's toast, but this is how I'm going to really test your, well, maybe he could. Do you even, like, try to pick Rodgers up for free off somebody? Oh, like, yeah. You know? I mean, I would spend a third for Rodgers because, like, all, all you need is, like, I would say there's at least, like, a, to me, there's at least like a 20% chance that he comes back next year. And you get 20% chance of one year of Aaron Rodgers. Like, to me, that's worth a third. Um, you know, like, it's kind of like the Tom Brady thing of a couple of years ago, right? Where it was like, um, the one year people thought he might retire. And then mm-hmm. he comes back and it's like, oh my God, like, this is so incredible. You got the steal. Sometimes people yeah. were then trying to deal. Then he, then he, you know, doesn't come back. Um to me, at a third, it's worth it's worth it. I, I'd move him for a second for sure. I don't think anyone's given a second because I no, mean, no, no, you no. get one year of Rogers. That's probably what it's about worth. So, I mean, I think the one nice thing is that he is not a running back, right? So, it's, I think it yes. really is just like, is he going to return to play? You know, like he doesn't really need to run around all that much to be what he is, right? Like he he kind of needs to sit in the pocket and throw. If he never. He doesn't run that much anymore, anyway. So like, he was more um, he was more athletic than Brady was. Like, well, up he was until, super athletic in his prime. Well, sure, but even last year, Aaron Rodgers moved around better than Brady did over the last three or four years, anyway. So maybe he comes oh, back yeah. and he's just forty-one-year-old Tom Brady. Right. I mean, forty-year-old Tom Brady was good enough. So yeah, he can have old man game. Like, I mean, you think about late career. Well, frankly, for these guys, also early career, uh, <laughs> Brady, Breeze, Manning, Rivers, like they were not moving. <laughs> they were right. They, I mean, they could have so, played football on a stool the last three years of their career. You're right. When you put it that way, I could see him coming back. I'm just going to call it. It's over. Uh, while we're on. I think the that's Jets, the most likely scenario for what it's worth. I, I do think it's more likely than not that he's retired. Right. And also shout out Tom Lee, who is awake somehow and uh tuning in on the show over there in Aussie land come back Tom Lee um Garrett Wilson now does not look like he's gonna how do I word this without somebody coming at me and a lot of points it doesn't look like he is gonna live up to his 204 draft slot 
Um, no. I think a lot of that value is contingent on Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And I think that is a lesson to be learned uh, when drafting these super. Well, that goes for that goes for literally any receiver in the, that has a decent quarterback. Like what what receiver other than the ones who already have shitty quarterbacks would uh-huh. not have a massive downgrade if their quarterback got hurt? Well, I'm not just at least the first week of the season. I'm not just saying that. So the reason I say that is, um, so. I have been drafting Olave over Garrett Wilson because I think that they had similar enough rookie years. People were drafting Garrett Wilson that much higher because he was attached to Rodgers when you could just draft, in my opinion, essentially the same player. We had talked about this throughout the offseason a little bit later in getting Olave. Hell, when we had J.J. Zacharyson on, he was saying he would rather skip past X amount of those guys and just take, you know, the the Chris Olave, Drake London, who I'm petrified about. We'll talk about him a little bit yeah. later. But uh, you could get those guys instead. So that's what I mean, like a lesson to be learned. If you have players that are that similar, but one is specifically his upside mm-hmm. is specifically tied to another. I, think, but, I mean, we make this we make this comparison between Olave and Wilson because they're in the same draft class. But like, yeah, I think you could say the exact same thing for any number of receivers where like yeah the like london goes last of all these guys because his quarterback situation is horrible Ugh. and we, we we saw that manifest you know accurately in week one so far um yeah it's it's a massive blow to wilson i, I don't see it as like the cautionary tale because i like, guess if, if dak prescott tore his achilles like we're moving down cd lamb if boy i don't know if, if you remember if, this if or not. burrow well, i do remember it and it and we did and he only missed like a month Right, and he only missed like a month. If if Jalen Hurts tore his Achilles and AJ Brown's dealing with Marcus Mariota, like you, you better believe he's moving down. Like it's any receiver. The only receivers who don't move down significantly if their quarterback tears an Achilles is the receivers whose quarterback already sucks. So like, you know, that's um, like yeah. If if Jasmine Ritter tore his Achilles, Drake London moves zero spots in ADP. He probably <laughs> but, like up. you know. <laughs> You have your own, you'd probably go up. Right. Um, But like, obviously as we saw with Drake London, like you have your own problems. Um, Mm -hmm. I I guess like Olave in particular is pretty well insulated in the sense that he has like a quarterback who is not good enough that you get excited about, but isn't so bad that you're in the London zone, but then also has a really good backup. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like an overly translatable advice to draft every receiver with the 17th best quarterback in the league and a backup is the 25th best quarterback in the league. I think that's like a very Olave centric. Right. <laughs> but um, I feel like for that, that would be my pushback on the Wilson stuff. It's like, I think quarterback sure. play is, is featured in every single player's price and every player that we buy. It's just like, yeah, like part of why guys are more expensive is when they're in better situations. And if the situations suck, then sure. that's a massive bummer. I guess the one thing with Wilson that that is tough is like it was such a very it was a short term situation. Yes, upgrade. Which right? was whereas more, like at least if, at least if Dak if this happened to Dak, it's like this year is gonna suck, but then right. next year CD just gets Dak again. But that was probably my where yeah. most of what I was saying was going towards his peak two hundred four status was directly like if you were like, can I take Rodgers out of here? Is he still gonna be worth that pick? I mean, realistically, probably not. I mean, his ADP no. didn't start booming no. until Rodgers went to New York. That's yeah. The I mean, for me, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm still really excited about Wilson and Dynasty. Oh, He's him. incredible. He's great. Um, that was Zach Wilson. It's, but yeah, it's it's definitely a, a bummer. Like you're at this point, I, I'm still skeptical that this team is actually going to just play the rest of the year with Zach Wilson. I, I mean, maybe they give him a few weeks, but like, I, I just can't picture it at this point. They they don't like. Well, I guess they do have their first. Um, they'll be giving a second. But like, this is a pretty all in roster. It's yeah. a pretty all in regime. Like, I I feel like this is. And it's a team, it's a regime that announced to the entire world that they have no faith in Zach Wilson. So like I don't know how you Multiple can turn around and be like he's he's our guy now. God, um, I think you have to at least survey options. I mean, the one guy who is available we know is available. They could sign Carson Wentz, right? Um, is Carson Wentz good? No, I think he's clearly better than Zach Wilson. I do. Jacob, do you know? who Garrett Wilson had 17.3 fantasy points per game with throwing him the football. Who's also uh, free. Oh, your boy Joe Flacco, Joe yeah. fucking Flacco, who before the season said, I can still play this game at a high level. He's on the streets, super bowl MVP, Joe Flacco could I mean, I'd rather watch that than watch Zach Wilson by a in, mile. In, in just like, look, he can go out and avenge the other Italian icon, Vinny Testaverde, okay, who tore his Achilles in week one so many years ago. In comes the other Italian stallion going to come in and lead this team to victory. It could literally be anyone. I have Scott Barrett, Scott Barrett, DFB, uh, fantasy points. Uh, he put out a tweet a while ago, Garrett Wilson, fantasy points. Per game by QB, Zach Wilson, 8.6. Joe Flacco, 17.3. Mike White, 17.3. And also not showing any love, Josh Johnson, who came in and threw for like 335 yards off the couch for them. It seems like literally anyone can do this better than Zach Wilson. Um, I think, I mean, I think Wentz is like, I would say like is a pretty likely candidate to sign with New York. Um, I don't see like, to me, why is Wentz not signed yet? Like, it's to me, it's pretty clearly a mix of like teams don't really want to bring him in as a backup because they think he's a dick. And then Wentz, I think, kind of smartly being like, I would rather be like, he's made a lot of money in his career, right? So to me, if I am Wentz, I would way rather be the first quarterback called when someone gets hurt and then I get to start games versus like doing what Teddy Bridgewater did, which is like just take a backup job. And now you're reliant on one specific quarterback to get hurt versus any one of 32. Um, so I, I would be surprised if they don't at least bring in Wentz for a look and then trade wise. I mean, I've seen some trades out there like from that have been proposed on Twitter. Oh, and man. I mean, look, I, there's nothing I would love to see more than them trading for Jameis Winston. It would be fantastic. I, I just think like newsflash to the world, uh, contending teams don't like to trade their backup quarterbacks because they just watched what happened when a contending team lost their quarterback. I mean, and they then now they need a quarterback. Like if I'm the Saints, from Hill. There you go. Yeah. There's your guy. But if I'm the Saints, like I'm saying, like, yeah, you could have Jameis for a first. Oh, we're not giving you a first. Um, how's a third? No thanks. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you trade Jameis Winston and you're the Saints and you have designs on contending and being a playoff team this year, and then Derek Carr gets hurt, like, well, great, you guys got a fourth round pick. Yeah, we're wish we're wishful thinking. Like, you wish he had James with it. I mean, I think the only team, the team that it would be that makes the most sense to me is the team that I root for, the Indianapolis Colts, Gardner Minshew, because they don't have any designs on contending this year. So I, I could see them making Minshew available. 
the problem is, is then who backs up Anthony Richardson and mentors him. And that's the problem because we're in week one and teams yeah. aren't just going to be like, you can have our number two quarterback, New York Jets. Don't worry. Go in the Super Bowl. We, you know, we didn't want to be successful anyway. Uh, I think hilarious. I thought in my head without even thinking at work today, I was like, why don't they just, they can shoot the 49ers call for Sam Darn. I was like, I forgot uh, that didn't work out the first time. So yeah, uh, I, I think it has uh, to be. I think if it's anyone, it has to be a team that is totally non-competitive this year. Which right. like Kyler, Murray. you know, I mean, that's I don't I don't like know how the cap would work. I've assumed that it wouldn't, Terrible. but it would be it would. fun. Yeah, 90, <laughs> his dead cap this year is ninety-seven and a half million. So they would yeah. have to really work that out. So I don't think that there's a lot of legitimate options. I, I think probably the most likely scenarios are they either roll with Wilson for the next month or so, see if they have anything. Um, and then at that point, there might be some teams that are now more willing to admit that they're not contending right now. You have a team that's one and four team. that's zero and five. Maybe their backup quarterbacks a little bit more pliable or they sign Wentz um or or like maybe Minshew but that's that's kind of the only one I can think of because like how many teams would you say I'm sure like if me and you went back and forth we could name 25 teams that have no chance to win the Super Bowl this year right how many NFL teams themselves think that they have no chance to win the Super Bowl this year it's probably like like less than 10 right and I think again because it's week one I think they need to bring somebody in now and still roll with Wilson for the next three weeks. And then you have to think, well, if Aaron Rodgers says, well, I'm not retiring, it's not like they can go and trade draft capital for a guy under contract for the next couple of years. You go and you, right. you you trade for Winston, who I believe signed a two-year deal in New Orleans. Okay, well, now what are you going to do with Winston after this? Say they right. win it all. Now you got another problem. There's too many dynamics. I know we all want to copy and paste a backup quarterback in this situation so we can live out our Garrett Wilson dreams. It's right. just not realistic. So I think you're I, right. I still think the only realistic one is Wentz. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think or, or maybe maybe the other one that's Minshew adjacent would be Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, I think, could be very good. I actually really do like that. Andy Dalton could be really good. I, I think mean, the Panthers had to give up tons of draft capital to go get Bryce Young. They need to figure out a way to replenish some of that. It right. wouldn't surprise me if they look at it and they're like, we're not competing this year. We're really short on draft picks. How about if you get a third round pick for Andy Dalton? Do you think you could do the same thing with Davis Mills? Um, I'm sure that you could. It's just to me, if I'm the Jets and I'm trading for a veteran quarterback, like I, I would just look at guys with more like Dalton, I think is, is a great option in that he has legitimate like playoff starting experience. Yeah. Like has played a lot of games. He, I think he would know his role. Like, I think one of the nice things about the Dalton idea, so like the Mills idea, Davis Mills is playing for Davis Mills, right? Like he's like, this is my last chance to show that I could be a starter in this league. Whereas like Andy Dalton, I think knows the deal, right? It's like, I'm, I am a caretaker. I am playing to do the best like I can for the New York Jets period. Yeah. To me, if, if you're just playing for like a young guy, auditioning you may as well just have zach wilson i think the upside of dalton is that you have a guy who's not auditioning you have a guy who's just there to like show up and and do the best he can for the jets without like you know trying to audition for other teams and look flashy i I think that that's that's probably my favorite one and and i would feel 
so much better about the offense with Dalton than with Zach Wilson. Uh, just saw one from Ari Myrov who said, there's a trade name for the Jets, which is everyone's because everyone's doing the same game, yeah. is Houston Texans quarterback Case Keenum. Yeah, uh, I don't mind that. Third string with Davis Mills. They probably have to give up like a seventh, something like that. But um, I, I, I think like it's gonna one. be I think it's gonna be interesting. See if Keenum can can rejuvenate his mini, uh, Minneapolis miracle uh from what oh god, that was that had to be two thousand like twenty or two thousand twenty one. That was already a while ago. Oh, it was uh it was two thousand seventeen. Oh my god, that long ago? Holy never, crap. Never forget, it was Case Keenum versus Nick Foles in an actual NFC championship. Speaking of free agents, Nick Foles is available, but I, I watched him last year on the Colts, and he can't play. Yeah. <laughs> and experience. That uh, dude is fucked. I'm, it's unfortunate. Yeah, so that took up, like, you know, just under a third of the program. But, I mean, it was yeah. going to. It's the biggest news that could have possibly we, happened. We agreed, we agreed that – are we in agreement that Dalton is the best realistic option? Uh – I actually think that it's Carson Wentz. I think it's Wentz's. Okay. I think Wentz, who again, playoff Wentz has been there at least as the talking heads like to say, know what it takes to win. <laughs> uh, you know, if we're going to go the Stephen A. Smith route, but um, I think Wentz, I don't know if Dalton's because the problem with Dalton is they need the backup veteran for their rookie. So it's hard for them to just let that go and get nothing in return because then they'd have to sign a guy. So I still think it's Wentz. I think out of all the free agent quarterbacks or I'll throw one last one out there. Another guy who just retired, not named Tom Brady, but I don't think it's a big, big Dick Tom. I think he's actually done, but Fitzpatrick, I would give a call to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, That'd be fun. And, and see what he could do. Definitely not Matt Ryan. If we're talking about old, no. can't throw anymore, Matt Ryan's been cooked for years. Well, mm. let's talk about the one that we haven't talked about. Tom Brady. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not going to be Tom. That's why I didn't even bring him up. Tom's not coming back. Tom's not coming back. He, he, uh, he's gonna, no, he's going to look uh, at that uh, line and go, there's no fucking chance I'm playing for this franchise. Don't you think you would get like a sick enjoyment out of winning it with the Jets just to troll the Patriots a little bit. But with that offensive line, the risk of him going five and twelve to do it. Not yeah. I don't I just don't see it. Uh I, I think he's half I think it's a zero percent chance of Tom Brady. Zero percent. I'm gonna give it a one percent chance. <laughs> I'll Mostly say this, that would, would be so fucking fun. It would be the most fitting considering I just started dropping Tom Brady from all my dynasty teams I to just, add waivers, and it would be so fitting. Yeah, for it I to agree be. with you. Most likely, most likely is Wentz, and my my favorite option that's like isn't completely insane is Andy Dalton, and my favorite option that is completely insane is Tom Brady. Yeah, I love that you added that. Can I also just point out that last night? When you saw last thing about the whole Jets fiasco, because I have a lot that I do want to get to, uh, and we have to do it kind of quickly. Um, Woody Johnson was just blinged out last night. Like they did the zoom in of the guy telling him that Aaron Rodgers was down, and you could see it. He just had the Woody like chain, the watch. He looked like he just went to visit Johnny Dang. Like he looked like oh, man. he was balled out from head to toe, flexing 
And then he got the news and he just went, he just went pale. But also, uh, shout out, shout out Woody for the, for the absolute blinging, uh, accessories last night. That was crazy. All right. We're going to take a quick sec. We come back. We're going to get into the rest of it. That's not just jets talk, sadness and commiserating. We have some positive stuff, uh, coming up and Derek, I see you. We're going to talk about your boy here in a minute here. Sit down. Jacob is is maybe getting a little nervous here. Uh, Derek's going to do the countdown for us. Better hope uh, that energy stays up for Puka. I've already seen 24 firsts being uh, being sent out for him. Oh, please, no. I'm serious. I've seen it. Uh, look, I've seen Zay Flowers straight up. Uh, already get what? of all the of all the rookies. Wow. Yeah, that I, don't, one? I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> the know. The other one that was really good. Really, we're gonna mention we're gonna mention the Zay Flower stuff in a second here. But let's talk about some positives. So what Jacob and I are gonna do? We're kind of gonna go through positionally some some big topics, some quick notes on some guys and some stuff, and just see whether or not we believe it or not. Just kind of riff off uh, some of the stuff that we notice. Of course, every bit of data that I'm pulling is, of course, coming from the Fantasy Points data suite because they're the fucking goats. Uh, But look, let's do some positives. I want to talk about for quarterbacks. I want to talk about a quarterback positive. Uh, Look, in a week where Lamar, Burrow, some of these elites don't even combine for more than 20 points, rookie Anthony Richardson decided, I'm going to put up 21, and we got robbed of a second touchdown where he got... I feel like he got pinatted, like he had a target on his head. Because when he was running into that end zone, the shots that he took, there was two or three before he went down. I was like, he might be not getting yeah, it. Was, yeah, he was taking his life into his hands for sure. It was insane. But also, 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 also oh my gosh, uh, Derek Brown, motherfucking A. Rich and Tua. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk about Richardson. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Obviously, it. his ability to avoid sacks held up in his debut. I know that was a big thing coming out of college. Yeah. He was uh he was he avoided three. He was tied for second with four other quarterbacks. He was only one behind Lamar Jackson. That's pretty good. One thing that made me a little bit sad, even more sad that JT wasn't playing, is that his check down rate was way higher than expected. I don't know if you looked this up yeah. yet or not. He checked it down at 13.5%. That is really high for a scrambling quarterback. Yeah, he was. Uh, he held the. I mean, Justin Fields uh, was like over forty percent this week. Right, he had uh, the fourth highest fantasy points per dropback at four point nine. Yeah, is awesome. insane how good he was. And remember, we were robbed of that higher end outcome by a minor injury that came out. They only kicked a field goal for because, well, you know. Mr. Uh, Jorts himself couldn't punch it in. Uh, otherwise, we would have seen his uh, fantasy points per opportunity, which is obviously his his carries is you know at 0. 0.43 yeah. points per opportunity. That would have went up, and that would have been easily number one on the week. Just absolutely insane what he did. <sighs> There's the touchdown to Michael Pittman Jr., which was a screenplay. I didn't know Michael Pittman yeah. Jr. had that kind I, of juice. I didn't know he had that kind of juice. Is crazy. <laughs> I, I did not know he had that kind of juice. But I, I was... think this offense might be a little bit uh, better. Um, yes, way better. Yeah. 
the Bears game plan was stupid. We're I I'm definitely gonna talk about the Bears because there's a Twitter Jesse account. Bears. Derek, I, this uh, is the positive section. We're not talking about the Bears yet. Right. We're not tilting one one there's tilting. one positive bear. Uh Roshan looked really good. Um I'm, but bears as a whole. Yeah. Negatives in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So DJ Moore is gonna Justin Fields gonna save. We have one more example as to why we know that Sam Darnold was the hero that DJ Moore needed. Oh my god! Hey, throughout his career, you, no you one do was remember last year, right? Like you remember do you rem- not remember the four or five weeks where we got wide receiver one DJ Moore finally, yeah. and it was because of Sam Darnold. So let's show some respect to the goat. Oh um, but I love AR, and I think this just proves that he can be a QB one. I think this is all he yeah, needs to do. I think he year. played the perfect game for him. Um, and I don't no. think this offense may be as bad as we all thought. However, let's talk about why you need to drop Deion Jackson. Uh, oh, he's the worst. He's, that was the yeah. worst running back performance I've ever fucking seen. Do you know uh, what his like, expected fantasy points were? Uh, probably like 15 or 16. 18.5. <laughs> Deion Jackson had an 18.5 yards expected fantasy points he finished with 5.8 he was garbage i actually yeah he was people confidently that they should just be rostering zach moss because there's no way this guy continues to get the bulk of the work he was no, so I'm, fucking bad he was uh he i i swear that like the only explanation is that jonathan taylor paid him off and was like dion like <laughs> my value bro like you you have to show them what i'm missing like i mean for for the first half of this game and i like i like tank bigsby so this is uh it like pains me to say it and he eventually redeemed himself but the first half of this game was just like dion and tank trying to lose the game back and forth it was like yeah. it was like Tank Bigsby volleys up an interception to a defender dion jackson fumbles the ball in the middle of the field Tank Bigsby picks up a loose ball and then like hands it to the Colts. Um, <laughs> Deion Jackson runs backwards on a fourth down and gets fumbled. It was nuts. Um, Dion was deplorable. I-, I mean, it was like early in the game. I was like, oh my God, like stop it with this guy. Can we please try Evan Hall? And they do try Evan Hall. And then he immediately <laughs> gets hurt. He's on IR now. Um, so then they have to go back to Dion and then he fucks up again. And then they, they ended up playing with Jake Funk uh, on their final drive. Um, yeah, if you're like a Zach Moss fan, um, he's probably going to get a shitload of touches this yeah. week because they don't have any other viable option. Right. Um, I mean, I still think he's terrible, but uh, the most, most impressive thing for this Colts team was just, you know, we've seen these rookie quarterbacks come in, especially the mobile rookie quarterbacks. And we've seen these Arthur Smiths and Luke Getzies, you know, condense everything play small ball, run the ball, play slow. Everything's really contained. And Steichen was like, let's freaking rip it. Like they yep. come out first series, three straight dropbacks, whole game. They wound up with 37 pass attempts. I mean, they were a neutral game script, basically the entire game until their very last drive. They were either just a little behind or just a little ahead. And they were ripping it, going back to pass on over well over 60% of their uh, plays. So it was uh, – Really, really encouraging to see them play that way. I thought Richardson looked terrific. He had poise in the pocket. His arm is incredibly live. That throw that he made on fourth down on the final Crazy. drive when he was rolling out to his right, ripped it across his body over the middle of the field, uh, was absolutely outrageous. And this is like total vibes-based analysis. But, I mean, I watched like pretty much the entirety of that game, of course. And 
I just thought his like attitude throughout was infectious. Yep. Like when he made yep. mistakes, he immediately knew it, but he wasn't like getting mad at himself. He wasn't pouting. He wasn't doubting himself. He was just smiling the entire game. It looked like he was having so much fun. Do you, when know, he was... that... Do you know who it reminded me of? It reminded me of 2020 Lamar Jackson post MVP yeah. where everyone had the expectations. Even, even in the last game for Lamar, who I'm going to talk about right away is why I bring him up. He gives that same like, yeah, I fucked that up, but I'm going to go out and ball right away. And it just seems to have that reset effect. I don't think him making mistakes is going to bother him in a way where he's down on himself. I think he gave off. You're right. In the vibe context, he gave off that I'm I'm here to get better and I can get better, but I'm also good enough to fucking play right now. And that's what it was to me. The whole whole team, like as advertised that. You know, from him, both him and then Steichen's approach to play calling, I thought merged a really, it was really conducted where they were, it was clearly like they were there to have fun and enjoy the moment. Like, yeah. you know, get a, fir- a quarterback in his first game and a coach in his first game, you could so easily see them playing not mm-hmm. the loop, playing risk averse, getting tight when they make mistakes. And it wasn't that, it was loose, it was fun. Um, I mean, the whole, the crowd was absolutely electric the entire time. So it, it, uh, it'll be a fun team to watch this year. If and when JT comes back, way better environment for him to score fantasy points than we might have anticipated. And Michael Pittman is, is a massive riser because, I mean, we know that he's a very good talent. I'm, I'm not sure he's an elite talent, but he's certainly a very good talent. We were willing to draft him in the third round of redraft last year. He's always a walking 25% target share. And, I mean, this t- team looks like it's going to actually pass now. So, yeah. you know when we were worried that 25% target share might be five targets a game or six right. targets a game. Now it might be eight, nine, 10 targets a game. So he's a massive winner. Um, I agree. Massive winner. Buying or waiting? Buying Pittman big time. Uh, okay. And yeah, I mean, I would consider buying Richardson. We'll see what it costs. Um, oh, I think Richardson. I'm not, I'm not a person of a, I'm not a person of like a, I don't like to do the big week one hot takes, but. I, I think that it's a you can make a very legitimate and reasonable case that Anthony Richardson should be ahead of Justin Fields in Dynasty. Oh, I know you're anti-Fields. That one feels strong, but I mean, we might... Oh, man. I'm not going to go there yet, but that's getting clipped and put out there. I'm, I'm going to never get a hot take from you, and I just got one. I'm going to send it, and I'm going to let you know what happens. I, I only have uh, two Justin Fields shares. Um, and one of them I have out on him. So I'm going to, I'm going to send fields for Richardson straight up. No additions, no ads, no nothing. And we're going to see what happens. happens. Okay. Let us know live on air. Uh, I I see your question down there, uh, Manu. We're going to get to it. Let let us get through the quarterbacks here because this is kind of what's going to take up the second most time. And then we can, we can ride. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson because uh, you said last week that you think they're going to lead the NFL in points. I think it's going to be very hard to do because it's going to take him three games to not look like he should have played the preseason. He looked like he sitting out the preseason would be a bad idea. Who would have fucking thought that a new offense with new players all across the board, maybe should have taken some preseason snaps. This is embarrassing. He had a 9.1% deep ball was not the explosive offense that we thought we were going to get. I think that's also why Rashad Bateman wasn't on the field as much. I think what you saw was that OBJ and Zay flowers are going to be the two guys. I think Bateman's going to be their big play guy, or at least what they're going to try to do. They didn't open the offense up. There you go. Uh, The interception was horrendous. 
uh, absolutely horrendous falling backwards. He needs to cut that shit out if they're going to do that. Uh, his pocket awareness was terrible. He was careless with the ball. He was he was just like he was in practice, the two fumbles. He just dropped one, just dropped it, and then the other one, he was looking around, and the guy just looked like it flicked it out of, out of his hand. Terrible. They treated that game like it was over for it. started with what they do. Obviously, the run game, way below expectations, even before the, the Dobbins injury, and the design runs for Lamar were non-existent. They just took that right out yeah, of the game plan. I, I think that's, that's worrisome. Really? So I think it's, I mean, I think that's a pretty wise decision when you're playing the Houston Texans and you want to protect sure. your franchise quarterback. You want to see it, but it's not like they did anything else that we're like, we're going to work. You, you know, in a game where you can see where a team is actively trying to work on something you didn't, I didn't see yeah. that from them. They just looked, they looked like it, it they looked, treated the game like a practice. It didn't look yeah, I'm not. It didn't look great. I watched that game probably the second most. Like I had, so basically, I had the early games. I had the Ravens game and the Colts game split screen on one computer, and I had Red Zone on the other one. And I was probably watching the Colts 65 percent of the time and the Ravens 35 percent of the time. Um, I, I uh, and then after the Dobbins injury, I immediately turned it off because I got really sad. Yeah. Was- <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was it for me watching the Ravens game. I thought that they, uh, yeah, I thought they looked like a team that has a first-time play caller. That J.K. Dobbins, you know, was their future back who missed most of camp. Uh, Rashad Bateman missed most of camp. They were down their starting tight end in this game, and Mark Andrews, you know, they're probably realistically their, their second-best offensive player, best skill player. Um, yeah, to me, it was kind of a thing where they were like, we have a lot in flux, and we don't really know what to do. So I guess we're just going to like throw it to Zay Flowers a lot and he'll make some plays and that'll be enough to get through the game. Uh, that was, it, it looked sloppy, but I, I'm not like overly worried about them for the whole season. We saw a lot of offenses. We, we see every year, a lot of offenses look sloppy in week one. Yeah, um, it just, looked- I get why they didn't play their starters in the preseason because of the injury issues that they've had, which um, seem to have carried over once again. Marcus, Jesus Christ. Marcus and Dobbins, yeah, two, two. Oh, two and Ronnie Stanley for... and Tyler Linderbaum. Like it was, it was bad. But you're right. There is a good note though. He had the highest adjusted completion percentage in the league at eighty nine point nine percent. Yeah, with that, with so, probably an eight out of like four. Uh, I didn't look, but I should have. Uh, some quick notes on quarterbacks. And this is a quarterback you want to talk about. But Tennessee looks fucking terrible. Ten- oh man, he looked uncooked. Oh Holy my god, he looked crap. But one positive from that force feeding DeAndre Hopkins, who I think had 13 targets or something was 13 targets. It was all Hopkins uh, legitimate buy low that I would try this week. Uh, it makes me puke to even think about saying it, but all the, like this is, this would be kind of the Christian Watson case from last year. It was like a guy I didn't like, but then circumstances happened where he became like kind of interesting buy. I would try to buy Will Levis this week because you get the downward momentum of him not being the backup right? Being behind Malik Willis this week. And that's, you know, the small picture. But if you look at the big picture, they know Malik Willis isn't their guy. They wouldn't have drafted Will Levis if they thought Malik Willis is their guy. Uh, Ryan Tannehill looked done. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll see. I, I, I'm not going to write him off completely after just one game, but that's the worst I've ever seen him look. In his and the Orleans like, defense is still tough. good. So it's not like, like a lot of offenses were bad this week, but he was making the mistake yeah. he made in Miami. It was bad. It's just when we get into old quarterback situations, 
sometimes you'll see quarterbacks where it's like, you know, they make bad throws or they make bad decisions or whatever. He, he looked like his arm was shot. Yes. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, hopefully he bounces back, but uh, it does look uh, really, really rough. Uh, yeah. But also, all all signs are good for DeAndre Hopkins, at least, which is... Yeah, good not good for Burks. Led them in routes, and he had three targets on 37 yeah. routes. Um, and then Chig had zero or had one target on 37 routes and zero catches. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens on, on those guys. But uh, yeah, early returns is that Hopkins is the... Not the 1A uh maybe not even the one i don't know if he needs a number it's just him he's just the passing game uh yeah i agree and then the next one do the steelers really suck this bad uh let's just wait until they don't face the best defense okay i kind of agree but no no deontay for a while is gonna that's a big number Uh, not a good sign by the way for everyone's favorite breakout George Pickens, that Deontay Johnson, Pat Firemuth leave the game, and their number one wide receiver for the rest of the game is Allen Robinson. Yeah, shout out, shout out Tom Lee's favorite wide receiver, Allen Robinson. Uh, yeah, it looked really bad. What were you Najee. saying about Jalen Warren? Jalen Warren and Najee were both ass. So I think that yeah, what we've gotten into a situation is if that offense falls apart and they can't do anything, yeah. it's both bad. But also, if Najee outside was like targets if the team is down no it wasn't so we'll be interested yeah. to see what happens. i think you can i think you if you want to make takeaways based on the usage of the running backs in that game i think that that's very fair if you want to make it based off of how many yards they ran for no one runs on the 49ers yeah no i agree it's just the targets is what i was watching and the target yeah. distribution was an absolutely disgusting affair we're going to take a quick second. We come back we're going to answer this question. We're going to do some running back talk and then whatever else we can get in. I think the receivers, in my opinion, they kind of speak for themselves. I think we kind of know what's up with the wide receivers. We might talk a little bit of Puka to keep Derek Brown from flying up here to Canada and, and beating my ass for not talking about him. So we're going to yeah. get him in here, but we're going to take a quick second. We come back we're going to answer a question and get right back into it. Sit tight. Okay, question. PPR, Deontay and Diggs or Kamara and CD? Wide receivers are Diggs, Keenan Allen, Chris Olave, Deontay Johnson. RBs are Chib, Gainwell, Chib. Why can't I speak? Chib. Chubb, Gainwell, and Dylan. I'm taking CD Lamb on this side for sure. Uh, I'm uh, yeah. dynasty question. I'm taking CD. I have, I, never, I have no idea if it's a dynasty question or not this time of year. Um, yeah, all we know is it's PPR, eh? I assume uh, I'm taking time. I'm definitely taking CD in Dynasty and I think I'm taking it either way because Deontay is probably missing like a month and then he has a hamstring injury, so that can just ruin people's entire season. Yeah. I agree. Hundred percent. Let's talk some running backs, man. Uh really excited that Christian McCaffrey still got the fucking juice. Uh yeah, he looks I heard from reputable film guys that he lost a step. It wasn't the same Christian McCaffrey towards the end of the year. And there's a lot of things that could have accounted for that, right? There was a lot of concern about the split backfield with Elijah Mitchell. That's non-fucking existent. Yeah, I was totally buying into that. And that did not happen at all in week one. Non-existent, uh, really, until the fourth quarter where that game was way out of hand. They were still running Christian McCaffrey with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter which was, I was cringing at every carry 
it's going, please don't pull your hamstring. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as bad as the Daniel Jones designed quarterback run down 33. That was the yeah. most what the fuck play of the week, but uh, it was still pretty <laughs> I don't know. Running four verticals with the Steelers at fourth and two on the goal line was also very big. What the fuck play of the week. Um, yeah. But Christian McCaffrey still seems worth the price of admission. He's going to ball out on that offense if he's healthy. I think that's pretty plain and simple. Certainly. Most backfields are a hot mess is another point I want to make. Like there are so many backfields that are just an absolute uh, shit show for split carries. I mean, the Bijan Tyler Algier situation where now it looks like they're both going to be fantasy viable. I mean, this was against Carolina. So who knows? Yeah. Remember every year it feels like there's one backfield that has like 40 fantasy points in the first week combined. And then everybody's like, we can both start both. We can start both. And it's like, we, we almost always can't well, uh, remember a couple and years. Aaron Jones. Well, yeah, that was more of an off season thing, but I remember like even just early weeks, like I remember a few years ago, remember it was the Jamal Williams, Deandre Swift. They both had over 20 points in the first week of the season. Um, we had the week against the Chargers when Pollard had his like first big breakout game with Zeke there, but Zeke also like had a pretty decent game. We, we've just seen sometimes you just get weird games. I mean, look, I, I know that Atlanta doesn't want to pass, but even last year they didn't average 18 pass attempts per game. So like this, this was a, a special um, run heavy uh, game environment. And then not only just run heavy, but, but they, they just threw to the backs constantly too. Well, through to Bijan. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, it's more. Yeah, I don't know that Algier. Maybe you could have flex value. I mean, that's possible that he could have flex value. Main thing that that I take away is like I just hope that someone gives him a backfield in three years. I think he's awesome. Yep, I agree. I I agree with that. Let's talk about. Um, I know I'm just rattling off. Some guys. There's guys you want to talk about, please. Uh, by all means, that Tony Pollard is him. But, yeah, I mean, that was great. Uh, we got pretty lucky considering that they had like four drives before the game was entirely non-competitive. So I was pretty fortunate that he scored both the touchdowns. Pretty well, unfortunate if you're an owner of literally any member of the Dallas passing game and they did absolutely nothing wrong, but you just don't right. get any points. One, um, thing, one thing for me was his goal line work. I yeah. think I, I think you tweeted it out. I think this is why it stuck with me, that every time you're waiting for him to get pulled for Ezekiel Elliott, and, and it's like PTSD for you. I thought Zeke That's was getting on the flight to Texas. I was like, yeah. who, who's going to come in and vulture? In this offense, if he gets the goal line work like this in games that are competitive, yeah. we could see 15, 17 touchdown Tony Pollard. And if we do, pants off, dance off. Like Even, even last year, year. Even last yeah. year, as, as brutal and not that useful in fantasy as Ezekiel Elliott was last year, he had the second most carries inside the five yard line of any running back. Only Jamal right. Williams had more last year. Yep. They, I mean, it's a good offense. They get down inside the five frequently. And when they do get down there, they love running the ball. So it's, it's an incredible goal line role. And that was, by the way, like that was with Pollard having, I think nine or 10 of his own carries um, and Zeke having 19. So only the lions um, had a higher total number of inside the five carries for their running backs. than the Cowboys did last year. Uh, really, really encouraging spot for uh, Pollard. If he's going to be monopolizing these goal line carries, you're getting right. pretty damn close. Like then we're looking at, you know, the type of upside of a 15 touchdown season. Plus Trace. he's the one running all the passing routes. I mean, the only, it was, it was the perfect role, right? The only areas that other people were mixing in was like between the twenties carries. 
but all the passing work was Pollard. All the goal line work was Pollard. So pretty incredible. It, it was really impressive. His usage, a couple quick notes before I get to the last big thing that I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Derek Henry still looks like he's got the juice. Yeah. I mean, but what Spears. got out snapped. Yeah. I, th- I find that to be interesting, but I think that this is truly a, um, we're going to let Henry cook late in the year. Yeah, I think it's like a, um, you know, Henry, basically the, the difference between Henry and Chubb for several years was that neither really got the pass down work, but that Henry at least got all of the early down snaps, whereas Chubb always kind of diverted a few. Um, now Henry looks like he's kind of in the Chubb role, which yeah. is still a really good role. You're still, you're still starting every week, obviously, but I don't think we're getting to like 20 points per game on half the snaps. Right. I think 19 points per game might be out of reach, but this could be for the first month. I really want to, I really think that they're going to let him cook when they really need it. Just like having him. I think a lot of it is too, how bad Tannehill was. There's a lot of third and longs in there and they just don't have Henry in there. Although Derek Henry did catch a couple of screen passes and do what he does with those. So, I mean, maybe the you're starting to see last year are going to trickle over. Who right. knows? It's it pretty notable, though. The first series of the game for them was th- was Spears got all three snaps. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, he'll be someone to watch, but I really do think that this is a let him cook kind of situation later in the year. Speaking of targets, I want to talk about where I'm wheels up on a couple of running backs. Uh, Javante, I'm wheels up. I think he's back. Yeah. I think he Terrific. is exactly what we thought he was going to be. He ran 10 routes. He got six uh, six targets out of 32. I think that's yeah. I think that's a pretty significant workload for Javante. He was breaking tackles. I think the work with P Ryan is gonna dip towards the end of the year. And I think what we're getting is a if we get if we get 10 routes, six target, 12 routes, eight target Javante Williams, we should be looking at 10 to 15 points per game on this offense because Russ did look way better than I thought he was going to something. I forgot to mention that I wanted to, but he looked good. He did look good. Uh, A couple others that I wanted to talk about. They're often stalled kind of late in the game, but I, I, it's hard to blame the men. I mean, no Judy. Yeah. Mims is a rookie. He's barely playing. Um, They, you know, and Sean Payton even alluded to it. Um, It's funny. Everything's Sean Payton hates Greg Dulcich. First thing he said in his press conference was our offense changed when we lost Greg Dulcich. Um, Yeah. 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 uh, you know, so it's really Sutton, and I mean Sutton's fine, but like he's not good enough to be the only NFL quality receiver you have out there. He's just going to get blanketed. So it's it was like Sutton, and then a bunch of creative players in Troutman and the running backs. And, you know, so hopefully, I mean, socks now they're missing Dulcich for I don't know. It sounds like probably three four weeks. Um, but uh, hopefully Judy comes back this week. Hopefully Mims gets right. ramped up. Maybe by midseason you get Dulcich back, and hopefully in a month or so they have like a very legitimate group of skill players. But right now they're down. I mean, in terms of the most significant skill players that you would have projected at the beginning of the year, they were down Judy, Patrick, Dulcich in first game of Mims' career. So not a good spot. Yeah, they look like the Ravens from last year. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Miles Sanders' five targets. I mean, they yeah. were hyping it, hyping it. Well, it's and... a little lot of work with Chuba, but he did get the pass game usage. Right. So five targets. I thought that was I thought that was way better than expected. Roshan Johnson had seven targets, six designed. Now, I know a lot of this was like garbage time, but I mean, they were out and if you're going to argue with me, oh, it was just garbage time. I don't know what you expect from the Chicago Bears. 
But the Bears are going to have a lot of garbage time games because that team is ass. And it's looking like the coaching staff is hot garbage. You're going to get a lot of garbage time. So if you're getting this kind of garbage time from Roshan, count me in. He had 26 snaps, right? So a 37.1% snap share, five attempts, 29 yards. That wasn't too shabby himself, but 17 routes. Yeah, 35.4% of routes and seven targets. I think he played very well, and I think he showed that he can play football in the league. I think that's what we wanted to see. I thought Herbert was fine. I thought Foreman got way more run than he was going to for a while there. Um, But I think it's... I think it's Herbert Roshan by a wide margin. I think I think we can say Foreman's probably going to end up the odd man out, which I think is what we thought. So just some thoughts on some running backs. Uh, let yeah. me know what you have. Uh, yeah, I wrote about Roshan today. I did six or seven backfields today. I'm Normally, I will not write about every single backfield every single week, but I kind of wanted to give everybody a week one baseline, and then I'll sort of just pick the backfields that I am actually – shifting my mind on more that have big injuries or something going forward right. wrote about the bears i thought it was interesting yeah i think that a lot of the people just like blindly souting the usage on roche what's what's up i didn't know he had 17 and a half fantasy points yeah yeah he's that touchdown six catches right um damn even better i've seen a lot of people cite like the snaps and the total stats and they're like he's already taken over um I got, I had to kind of have like a nuanced take because my, it was like a micro take, which is that that's just like patently incorrect. He had zero touches in the first half. His first touch came um, eight minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, vast majority of his touches came when they were already down 38, 14 in the fourth quarter. So like the garbage time comeback, like is the correct comeback in the micro in the sense that he was, he was not the starting running back in this game. He wasn't even the number two running back in this game um, from the outset. That being said, you know, if we once we're like past that, uh, what do we want to see from rookies early? It's like we just want to see them look good. We want to see them get some sort of role and then see if they can build off that. And yeah, I think it's I think it's a scenario where I think if people misread the first week and be like he's already taken over, they'll be technically wrong, but might wind up on the right side of history anyway. Is kind right. of where I'm at with it. Cause like yeah. he he did look phenomenal, I, I thought. Um I, I really like Khalil Herbert. I don't think he did like anything wrong in, in any way. And I thought that he actually looked pretty good in the passing game, which was unexpected. But I thought Roshan was clearly the best running back on the field for the Bears um, this week. He was the most impressive, especially running the ball. Um, and yeah, to me, if I was a coach, like I would certainly want, make way to get him more touches. I do agree with you. I think that the first those come at Foreman's expense. I don't think that Foreman did anything wrong either. I think he's a perfectly fine player, but Three's a crowd, and to me, right. Herbert is a better running back than Foreman. Roshan deserves a lot more snaps, and I would be trying to get that down to a two-way committee as soon as possible. Right. Yep, I agree. I agree with that. Can I just run some running backs by you, and I just want to see uh, where yeah. your five checks are? Uh, I want to talk, Let's because I said wheels up for Javante Williams, uh, which is 13 carries, 52 yards. Four catches, only five yards. He lost a couple yards on there. Some of those were bailout plays, but those are some running backs that were kind of in that mix. Kenneth Walker, 12 carries, 64 yards. Actually had five targets, four catches, only three yards. So not efficient, which is the Kenneth Walker staple. But he did have bell cow-esque usage, even though they didn't run the ball a lot. He was the guy. 
So are you mm-hmm. buying that or are you kind of treating them the same as you were? I know this is week one. Yeah. I'm just trying to get a vibe on buying it or the uh, latency. I'm probably neutral on Ken Walker. Um, I mean, he, he looked like Ken Walker always looks, which is he's yep. an incredible athlete, super explosive. Um, the advanced data didn't like him as it often doesn't. He, he came right. in really low on rush yards over expectation, rushes over expectation percentage. Um, the ones, the three yards, so I watched each of his targets this morning. Um, the four catches for three yards that, that includes a six yard loss on the screen pass. Um, I made a note, he took a really bad angle, so it was leaking out, and he could have basically gone between the tackle and guard where he would have been then behind the defenders and. I uh, would have probably some room to run, but he ends up going behind the tackle. So he kind of leaks out where he's like way behind the line of scrimmage. And then there's a bunch of defenders, like immediately they're tackling him. I like, don't know how the play was designed. So I don't know if that was just like a horrendously designed play or if Walker just kind of went the wrong way on it, but it was dead from the start and it might be Walker's fault or it might not be his fault. Um, the other two touches were fine. One of the receptions was a tap pass. So there's like not even really a reception, but right. um, yeah. So anyway, so some context there, I, this, it might be a six yard loss. It's totally not him for the record. The one like nor the normal checkdowns that he had that were just like in the flow of the offense. I thought he looked totally fine and smooth. Um, and uh, he had one, like he had like a mini version of the ETN run where he kind of like ran into his line. There was nothing there, yeah. spun it around to the outside, picked up a bunch of yardage. I feel I mean, like he that, makes the place happen. I was going to say, I feel like that's his play. Just running straight into the backside of somebody. And then it leaks out very pinball. Kind of the walker. Him. Yeah, for an old Canadian football yes. league reference, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dug real deep for that one. Uh, I think Joe Mixon is cooked. I think he looked cooked, but the usage 13 carries, 56 oh, yards. There's a lot of running backs. In I'm this making game. a rule not to take anything away from that game. It was played in sure. horrendous weather, and I Joe Burrow passed for 82 yards. Right. I care about the usage, is really. I mean, we thought he looked cooked last year. It's just my shot to take a shot at him. Because uh, I faded him all off season, but 13 carries, 56 yards, another five targets, three catches. I feel like there's a lot of running backs that kind of had this stat line, um, which I thought was interesting. But the one, the last, second to last one I want to talk about, James Cook. Uh, I know a lot of people bought in. A lot of people said he was him. I was impressed. 12 carries for 46 yards. A lot of those carries, I'd like to see him not do. You've been doing a lot more film analysis, which I I've, I really appreciate. They seem to exclusively run the like delayed draw with James yeah, Cook every maybe time because he's 190 fucking pounds. Yeah, they didn't run every run. I was like, are they going to run a play that isn't a delay draw right up the middle with him to let him shoot out cannon? <laughs> yeah, like it. It what did impress me though was six targets. Yeah, I think if we're getting six targets and the way it looks like in this offense with how Josh Allen is just yeet balling uh, the football downfield, they might want to bring him in a little bit. I think the six targets could jump to eight, but again, the goal line work, we saw Damian Harris come into the game. So I think it's going to cap him, but I was impressed. Not sure how you feel about James yeah. Cook. Yeah, if, I mean, if you... If you are bullish on James Cook, the talent, he probably has the role that you hoped he would have. Right. Um, he didn't turn that role into a lot of fantasy points the first week, but he certainly could in the future. Right. I, I mean, guess like um, I just remain skeptical from a talent perspective of like what you're getting out of him on this kind of role over the course of a full season. But 
Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm not buying, but I'm certainly not like, I certainly wouldn't be selling off this performance because right. as long as this role continues, and I'm sure it's not going to shift after one week, he's going to have better weeks when he finds the end zone. Um, right. And, or, you know, or, or has a more efficient day receiving the ball. I'm probably just still not like rushing out to buy just because I don't really believe in James Cook, but the role was good. Role was good. I think you're happy. I think is yeah. the biggest takeaway you could have from this. I think that's, it was more than I was expecting uh, from James Cook. If I'm being completely honest, it was way more than I expected. We talked about Miles Sanders. Um, I think we talked about uh, Derek Henry. Look, Brees Hall is a fucking God amongst men. That guy is absolutely disgusting. One catcher. We don't have to talk. We saw Brees Hall and what he was guys. I think I'm going to make my MVP call. I think I'm going to be right on that one. Uh, I'm already going to tout myself. Uh, we, we don't really got to talk about Bijan. I think Bijan did exactly what we fucking thought he was going to do. I will say in the home league, you're stacked with Algier and Bijan. Yeah, I might have to start playing them both. I was going to say you might have to start playing them both because that was disgusting. But the last running back I want to talk about is Mondre. Uh, and it's simply because that offense can't run the football. New England Patriots can't run the football. They look like shit running the football. The offense just looks straight up terrible. But for a team that may not score a lot of touchdowns, 12 carries for 25 yards, six catches for 64 yards. I think yeah, it was money. Yeah, he had, a, he, had a, he had the role, I think, probably in line with, I don't know, not like an expectation. Like I thought it was like pretty median. He had 73% of the snaps. Yeah. Um, you know, he's All clear sick. carry leader, clear route leader. Zeke actually wound up out targeting him in this game, but the routes were 35 they were, 18. They were designed. So I don't, you know. Yeah. Targets. Was, they, were, they were they were force feeding Zeke targets. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't believe that it like went very well. I, I I forget what his yards per target was. I don't think it was high. Terrible. Um but like, the design I'll, I'll runs, guys, really. He had one run out of the two back set where they like did a fake to Ramondre, and then they pitched it to Zeke like an option route, and he actually like Looks kind of reasonable. Yeah, he turned seven targets into 14 yards. So And a fumble. Let's, let's stop with the oh, design oh. targets for yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, fucking please. Yeah. Um, I, what, I think it's a lot yeah. of it was he was sick. Mondre was sick. Going yeah, his, he, he was not an efficient runner in this game. I, I don't know. We have a pretty decent sample of him being an effective runner. Uh, I don't know how effective, like you said, I don't know how effective any runner is going to be behind this offensive line. Their offensive line is probably the worst in the league. Yeah. Um. So that's going to be a problem all season long. Uh, but yeah, we, we love the six catches. He'll be fine. Yeah. And yes, six catches. We'll see. I mean, it was nice to see that they had, they were in comeback mode. They're driving in comeback mode. They were using Ramondre, you know, the most in that situation. So despite what we saw kind of early in the game on those Zeke targets, I think Ramondre is still the featured pass down back overall. Um, what you want. Yeah. Okay. Look, I, that's it. Uh, I do want to, can I shout out just ETN? I thought had a really yeah. encouraging game. Yes. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I thought both running backs had some areas for encouragement. The biggest area of encouragement to me for Tank Bigsby is that he, like, looked like he was playing on the 1919 White Sox, and they kept letting him have another series. Yeah. Like, he was, like, he was, like, actively throwing the game, and then he just kept getting trusted. The fact that they gave him a goal line series, I, again, for people who didn't watch the game, he touched the ball six times. And on the first four times that he touched them, one of them, he volleyed the ball off his hands like he was doing a Kadarius Tony impersonation at a local casino into a defender's arms. And then the next time that he touched the ball was there was a live fumble 
and he just picked it up and he didn't know it was a fumble. So then he just dropped it and then he let the Colts return it for a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, despite that, despite that, they let him have the goal line series for the go-ahead touchdown. So that's a really uh, impressive note on that they trusted him. And then ETN, he played 80% of the snaps. He ran 30 of 35 routes. Yes. Crazy and catching the ball. I thought he looked way better catching the ball. Yeah, five, five targets, five receptions. He did have one body catch, which was probably the hardest one, where he was leaking out to the side. He still caught it cleanly. Uh, yeah, he looked good. I mean, he pops in all the advanced stats. He always does. Um, but the touchdown run, I mean, that's, that's it's not the if that wasn't the most impressive run of the day, it was certainly up there. If people yeah. haven't seen it, I suggest you check out the video. He's trapped. <laughs> he has nothing. He bounces out. He splits the defenders. Uh, it was vintage. So really he cool looked- to see him do that. Etienne and him did split the short yardage about 50 50. So somewhat of a concern, but like, you know, there's other running backs. As long as you're getting all of one, like between the receiving and the short yardage, if you're getting all of one and half the other, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And so right now he's getting all the receiving and half the short yardage. I think that's wheels up if that keeps up. And I think there's going to be an opportunity for Etienne to take over more of the short yardage, depending on how their season goes, slash how good he gets with it. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an opportunity for him to even take even more, which is going to return his ADP big time. So I think it was in the fifth round for a while there. And then uh, I think that he's going to end up being a potential league winner running back from that spot. If this usage continues and he continues to get better, he looked better uh, on Sunday than he did last year with his explosiveness to the outside. And I think that's just one more year away from the injury role expanding um, I do like that. Yeah. Let's talk player picks for the week. Lucas isn't here, but that asshole decided he was going to put up 53.34 points. If you don't know this game, uh, each one of us, we take a quarterback and running back outside of the top 15, a wide receiver outside of the top 20, and a tight end outside of the top 10 at their position, PPR, according to the Fantasy Pros Weekly Rankings. As you can tell, Jacob's pulling that up now so he can pick his players while I go through this. Uh, as we often do every week, I scored an abysmal 35.32, but even worse was Jacob's 29.68. Eight zeros, mine from London, and his from Sky. Not great, but this week... Hey, Sky playing- had 0.4. Okay, fine. I didn't, I didn't tally that in, but I'll add it in there. Oh, add my 0.4. <laughs> <laughs> it's 30.8 for you. Yeah, he had one. He had one rush for four yards. He just didn't have any catch. Thirty point zero. There you go. Uh, look, because Lucas isn't here, we'll do him first. Jordan Love, QB eighteen. Jamal Williams, RB twenty. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver twenty nine. Luke Musgrave, tight end eighteen. He currently holds almost a twenty. Well, he holds about a twenty point lead. Mind Russell Wilson, QB eighteen. I'm gonna dive back into the Atlanta backfield. Tyler Algier. Uh, is going to be my running back. Nico Collins, wide receiver, 45. We didn't even talk, Nico. We didn't have time. That's rude that you would take Nico Collins for me. I know. I, that's why I did it. And then I'm taking yeah. Juwan, the man, Johnson, uh, Juwana man himself. Uh, look, we didn't talk wide receivers, but Nico Collins was an absolute smash call by you. Robert Woods yeah, kind of outproduced him a little bit, but... If I'm not mistaken, but Nico Collins, uh, not quite. They were pretty similar, but Nico had Nico had more yards. Uh, Robert had one more catch. And I'll say, very impressed with Stroud actually. So I think Nico could actually be a usable week to week guy, putting up about ten to eleven points per game, which you need in the flex spots. I think he looked good. 
I think that was a great call by you, to be honest with you. I'll, I'll so. toot your horn a little bit. Right. I'm surprised no one's dipped into the Puka Nukua uh, conversation here. But I think yeah, we haven't talked about that. Puka. Yeah, I mean, obviously he was he was incredible in that game. Um, I chewed up a very bad slot for the Seattle Seahawks. I'll tell you that much. But can we just put the Cooper Cup as a system wide receiver shit to rest? Oh, well, that's can stupid. We, can but, we stop with that? I've seen that too many times on the timeline. Fucking oh, relax. I'll say this for Cup though. I mean, if I don't, I have no idea if and when he's ever going to get healthy this year. But if we just assume for a second that he does, you got to feel way better. I mean, Stafford looked fucking great. I was talking with Barry at work about that. How I was shocked. I thought he was pretty cooked, but he looked awesome. I think I texted him too, actually, on Sunday saying, uh, I'm impressed at his arm. His arm looks like 27-year-old Matt Stafford. Fully healed, healthy, zipping it. You're right. I do feel better about Cup. Um, for when, not if, for when he gets healthy down the stretch for the fantasy playoffs for 70% of my contending teams to get their 23 points per game receiver back. Oh, and geez, if you're, I mean, if you're a team that just lost Rogers, um, you know, I assume that everybody is feeling pretty jacked about Stafford after watching that game. But if you find someone who didn't actually watch the game or didn't look at any of the advanced stats and they're just seeing like, Oh, he had like 14 fantasy points or whatever, because he didn't throw any touchdowns. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like a screaming buy short term yeah. buy because he, like, who knows, his arm could fall off the bone at any moment. But for, for now, he looked totally invigorated, he looked really good. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited, that made me really happy. That was like one of the happiest yeah. things I've thought of the whole weekend to see him come back from injury and look vintage. And 2020 or 2021 full tilt superstar Tutu Atwell. I played yeah. him on, Scott, on my Scott Fishbowl lineup, baby. Mm-hmm. He went off. I, I, I'm, I'm liking the vibes. We can definitely continue to bury Van Jefferson because it's he is the fetch. Rams wide receiver. It's never gonna happen. Van's just not ever gonna be a thing. I'm sorry, Puka and Tutu, even Higby. Uh, it's it's not gonna be a thing. I'm so sorry. And that was when they were ahead. I'll be interested to see what happens when they're behind because it looks like they're going to let Stafford sit back there and throw the ball. Uh, they better because their running backs uh, can't run the ball. Oh, they're so bad. Oh. Absolutely terrible, both of them. All right, what's this lineup you got cooking? Oh, man, hopefully we'll do a little better this week. We'll see. The cold stretch from last year carried right into this week. Uh, quarterback is already horrible um, somehow. I don't know how that happened. Uh, I will take, though, uh, CJ Stroud, they came out and they were ripping the ball. They were throwing it at a really high rate. He gets the Indianapolis Colts, who I think are going to be just a massive target for streaming quarterbacks the entire year. Uh, the run defense remains pretty reasonable. They'll let Etienne get free at the end there, but the force box are Grover Stewart. They're still doing work, but their secondary is total trash. So uh, they're going to continue to be a target uh, for opposing passing games. Welcome to Nico Collins week, everybody. Uh, at running back, uh, I will take Brees Hall. I think that they, they've got to look at what happened Monday night and both how good he looked, how middling Dalvin Cook looked. He and, looked they're, and, you know, it's one thing when you have Aaron Rodgers. And they looked at it this season. They said, look, we can slow play Brees Hall. We're playing the long game. We're a Super Bowl contender. We can be patient. I don't think they can be patient anymore. Uh, 
you know, now at this point, they're going to, every win matters when, if they're yeah. going to try and do something this year. So I think that they look at this, they say, we have to focus on the run game. Now that we have Zach Wilson playing quarterback and we have to start scaling it up on uh, the best player uh, in the run game. So I think Brees Hall gets more work this week than maybe they originally anticipated giving him. I think he already I did receiver. yesterday. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, you kind of got the second half where it felt like they were like, no, let's just keep, let's just kind of keep giving it to him. Uh, Wide receiver, I don't know how he's still inside the top 24. He was the entire offense for this team. Um, I'll go Zay Flowers at uh, wide receiver 27. Debo Light, they were giving him uh, rushing attempts. They were giving him he had, um, all the first looks in the receiving game. I don't know if you know this or not. Yeah, so you're going to first looks. Cooper Cup averaged, I think uh, I saw a Ryan Heath tweet, 2.3 uh, designed targets per game for Cooper yeah. Cup during his peak season. Zay Flowers had six, so I don't think that's sustainable in that in that regard. I, like I said, I just think they didn't want to throw the ball deep for whatever reason right. and really open it up. But yeah, for now, that ten targets yeah. Is huge. Yeah, I'm just gonna play. I mean, we didn't talk about him much. Um, I've seen people play the devil's advocate on Flowers, where it's, it's like, yeah, he had this great line, but it was all low ADOT and it was all like designed yep. or whatever. I'm gonna play devil's advocate at the devil's advocate. You're telling me that a first-round rookie receiver comes on the field, and in his first NFL game, the team's plan was, yeah, our entire offense is going to be designing touches to constantly force-feed the ball into his hands. I think that's good. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think That's what I want. <laughs> I think it's classic Baltimore Ravens wide receiver uh, uh, bullshit, if you would. I think yeah, that's yeah. what it is more than anything else. I think that's right. the case. It's just, oh, it's a Ravens receiver. Yeah. And it's not like this was like, he wasn't like doing the, you know, 40% of the routes, Kadarius Tony. Oh, he had a high TPR thing. Like, no, he was in every single, he was an every down player yeah. that they constantly force fed the ball to in his it first ever game. I even that came it. off the field, not flowers. So exactly. interesting. Yep. yep. Uh, and then tight end, I'm going with another rookie. Uh, I'm going to, to take Luke Musgrave. I think he has like the second most yards at tight end this week. Lucas, Lucas uh, already has Musgrave. Oh, he already had Musgrave? That's he already point. had Musgrave. If he doesn't show up and then he gets to have all the first picks. It doesn't seem overly fair. Well, he did. I did tell him to pick first because he wasn't going to. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Musgrave's a great pick. Oh, okay. I'll do. Uh... Tension, tension, tension. Who's it gonna be? Uh okay. Well, this one makes me feel gross, but I'll take uh, Dalton Schultz. Uh, mm. I already picked Stroud. I don't uh, like Schultz it. did absolutely nothing. He, but uh, he had four yards. But he ran forty nine routes. <laughs> forty nine routes this week for Dalton Schultz. Uh, the Colts secondary, of course, as we know, is is the worst. It's also Gus yeah. Bradley. They're gonna play the big zone. They always leave the middle of the field open. So uh, I think I think Schultz maybe turns those 49 routes into a little more than four yards this week. Uh, but he's a much worse play than Luke Westbrook. No, I agree. And look, my, my big pick him play, uh, because last week didn't turn out so good with the two running backs. It's going to be Jamar chase over 79 and a half receiving yards. They're going to cook the Baltimore Ravens secondary Bengals are throwing for 655 yards this week. It's going to be disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a nasty, nasty blowout in my opinion. Uh, so Jamar Chase, he's gonna cook. That's my guaranteed lock over 79 and a half receiving yards over at Underdog, where you can use promo code full tilt F U L L T I L T, and you can 
you can get your deposit matched up to $100. That's it. I mean, any, any last statements on week one before we close it out here? I know you're going to be in um, the streets podcasting seven more times this week. Uh, no, but are we, uh, are we picking, do you want a stock watch player this week? Um, I mean, did, did Lucas put one in? I think Lucas did put one in actually. So I had Howell. I think it's in the show sheet. Oh, it's in the show sheet. If he did, it'll be in the show sheet. Um, look, I picked Sam Howell last week, and I think, um, I think I feel pretty good about that, even though they kind of look like shit. But I'll blame it on week one. I think the obvious, I think Lucas took Puka. Oh yeah. Um, so someone I think is going to gain dynasty value. Man, that's tough. I will say I think Chris Olave is a guy that I think is still going to go up. I think he was uh early third the last time I checked his ADP. So mm-hmm. I think he could be an early two type return. I will take Chris Olave. Chris Olave. Sounds good. Um, I will take uh, I'll take Rasheed Rice. Uh, the Chiefs wide receivers obviously look like total ass in Week One. Um, so I think that if you're looking at Rasheed Rice, you know he didn't do that much, but he caught a touchdown and he looked somewhat reasonable. And then most importantly for him, uh, all the guys that were playing ahead of him looked horrible. So if you want sort of an opportunity for a rookie to go get more playing time, that would definitely be the path for it. I'm just gonna pull up the ADPs here. Um, and then I'll log that into my sheet. But yeah, Chris Olave currently going at the uh, two oh nine, and yeah. then we got Rasheed Rice currently going at the eleven oh two. Yeah, yeah, man, I I love it. Phenomenal show. Uh, uh, just if I'm gonna close out some some last thoughts, I think Jake Ferguson is gonna be a late round tight end steal in your dynasty leagues. I think that role is legit. I hope he can learn to catch. <laughs> hey, we'll blame it on the storm all right we'll, we'll blame it on the storm but i mean any final thoughts if not i mean like i said you're podcasting and writing all week so yeah no nothing crazy you can find my uh you can find my written work of course at uh thinking about thinking i wrote up the first six backfields of the week i tried to hit every backfield that i thought would have waiver implications in the first run um so uh, if we didn't get the chance to talk about it on the podcast, you can find my thoughts on it there. Uh, it's a mix. Once we get more into the season and we have more reliable data, I'll start relying on the data a little bit more. Um, feel like kinds. It feels kind of goofy to just like write a story posting a bunch of like PFF grades and rush yards over expected based on like twelve carries. So yeah. believe it or not. I have every player that I wrote about, I have watched every one of their touches. <laughs> um, and, and most of my, my takes are, are blending some of the data, but mostly with, uh, with mostly with the usage and the old eye test. Uh, I will have the rest of the backfields up a little later in the week. It's taking longer than it'll normally take. I'm normally going to try and have my first part of the article up um, first thing Tuesday morning, the next up Thursday morning. I normally, frankly, just won't be watching every single running back touch to write the articles, but I want to this week. So uh, hence, it takes a little bit longer to watch that much football. Um, yeah, the first one's free. So if people uh, want to get a feel for what my in-season content will look like, uh, they can do that um, for free at jacobsanderson.substack.com. So in bullets, we'll record it uh, tomorrow night. 
Um, I'll be on the DFS show with Davis. I know it didn't come out on the full tilt uh, feed this week. If anyone listened to that last week on the Sports Grid feed, you'll know why it was such a shit show um, getting it up on time. But we'll have that recorded um, on time early, and I will get it to Tom um, right afterwards. And so we'll have that up here on the full tilt feed um, in addition to the Sports Grid feed probably Thursday night, Friday morning. Love that. Love that, man. And look, try to remember that fantasy football is a fun game. It can be hard. It was already hard this week. Uh, remember that the people on the other side of your screens are people too. When you're arguing and pulling up receipts for week one and calling people a giant bag of shit, you know, everything else that happens in a fantasy football. I mean, I got told I have a punchable face by a guy in a league because I just asked him what happened. Um, so shout out to you, Ray Ray. Um, all the the fun that we have in the cam leagues ray ray mcleod said he had a punchable face i wish it was ray ray mcleod um but it was not just remember that sometimes we can cross lines and there's people on the other side that are also having a bit of a rough go of it at times so try to remember that stay at least a little bit respectful Um, what i had a funny one i had uh uh (laughs) One, I posted about Deontay dropping a ball, which some people thought that the pass was behind him. I don't know. It was behind him and he still dropped it. That's my take. Um, live with it, I guess. Um, anyway, uh, so I tweeted out, so I tweeted out, uh, you know, 4.2 PPR points on a 31% target share with a drop touchdown. We're so fucking back. And then I had like, a, obviously, Steelers Twitter couldn't abide that. So I had a billion Steelers specials in my comments. Absolute funniest one. Um, I see his message, which I'll read out in a second. The last time he had messaged me was like two months ago, um, asking me like a seven part keeper league question. Um, and then his next message is reply to this. It just says ball is behind him. You dumb fuck. <laughs> oh, I love that. Fantasy it, made my day. it truly made my day. We're so fucking back. Fantasy football is so fucking back, and I both love and hate it. Uh, as I mentioned, try to have fun this week, please, please NFL. Let's let's have the product that, that uh, we were all looking forward to this year. And yeah, can we just turn off injuries? But until next week, you know, I'm Tommy T. That's Jacob Sanderson. Thanks for tuning in. Remember that Claire's and Full Hearts can never lose in your best days. Well, they're always spent tilting. Good night, everybody.